this is Salt and Burn This. My name is Sammy. I'm Valerie. And welcome back to our Supernatural Rewatch podcast. Here we go. I know. <laughs> Just a quickie one. Just a quickie one, since we've Just already done the rewatch of season yes. one. Yes. I was actually surprised at... Um, you know, we, we talked about certain things we thought we would mention in this particular uh, yeah. episode. And I was like, oh, it's not going to be that much. And then as I started taking notes, I was like, holy crap, <laughs> there's a lot that happened in this season. Yeah. You know, it's just like once, once you add it up, it's like, wow, they, they actually, they, they traveled far. They met tons mm-hmm. of, you know, monsters, like more than I, more than I originally thought. Right. I thought I was surprised in a different way because I was like, oh, my God, this is going to take so much time to do. And I didn't set enough time for me to do it. But there yeah. was so much that I, I already knew just off the top of my head. I was surprised at myself. I was like, oh, thank yeah. God I don't have to, like, watch every episode. Every episode <laughs> again. again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was really cool to see, like, literally, you know, they talk about the road so far. Yeah. It was it was actually refreshing to see like the road so far. Right. You know, that, yeah. that we absorbed, that we watched and we absorbed and we kind of went on this journey with them. And so it was fun to kind of look at that in that means yeah. like, oh yeah, we talked about this. Oh, we talked about that. Oh yeah, this means this. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it was yeah. this was good. I'm glad we're doing this, this little, you know, wrap up to our mm-hmm. to our first season. Uh, yeah, me to too. their first season. Yes, me too. Okay, so I just turned off the AC and it's already like 10 yeah, degrees I'm sorry. <laughs> it's been raining here. I mean, we had, this was the most amazing tech process. I know you guys just had a show get rained out. Yeah. We, we actually were, we were actually able to tech through the rain, but, and it's because um, our stage is fully covered and half of the audience is covered. So as far right. as our tech rehearsal goes, we were okay. But it was so comical that every time somebody mentioned one of the main characters' names while singing, there was like a thunder boom. Oh. <laughs> so it was, you know, somebody would say, Justice Scalia, kaboom. Uh, oh my God, that's amazing. Oh my God, it was so funny that we were laughing so loud at the tech table that at one point the singers looked up at us like yeah what are you doing yeah <laughs> you know, like, this is really unprofessional of us but it was just yeah and yes as you mentioned our show got rained out it was it was such a it was such a bummer um but then they didn't even make it through like his song it was like halfway through the toreador song and they called it i just i know that he sang like his big note you know, and it was right after his big note that they called it because it was uh, all the park people and all the sound people were really like, we shouldn't be doing this. We shouldn't be doing this. And fair, you know, there's like electrical yeah. outlets out in the open <laughs> right. everywhere. The singers are actually plugged in electrically to things. And then it became like, okay, if the thunder strikes one more time, then we have to call it just because the lightning is too dangerous. So yeah. And it was, like, right after I went over to the ladies' tent, and I was just like, just so you know, I th- we're probably going to call it, but I don't know yet. And I stuck my head out and was talking to Sarah, the director, mm-hmm. and she was just like, do you think they're going to call it? And I was like, probably. And then it was like, boom! I was like, okay, yes. <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> yes. Yep. boom! Yeah. Done. Sorry, folks. But Thank it was you. at least not, yes. Everyone got to sing at least once. So everyone got to be heard. Everyone got to be on stage for at least a little bit. Everyone in the audience stayed through the entire time. Like they just wow. had their umbrellas out and their ponchos on and they were just there Ready. for the ride. They had been there since 530. The show started at 7. And like it just the ranges kept getting heavier and heavier and heavier and heavier. And no one moved. I was kind of sh- like pleasantly shocked. But that was nice. It's just like, oh my gosh, everyone like enjoyed it so much. Yeah. It's yeah. a shame that we couldn't finish it, but I totally understand why. We not had wanting to stop. people to get struck by lightning <laughs> while they yeah. watch opera. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's great. Well, I'm glad that like it was uh, coming together. Everyone had like the emotion of, yay, we get to do this, a live audience yeah. and singing with colleagues again, even if it was just for this much time. It's like yeah. we tried and we, you know. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Good. I'm so glad. Yeah. I'm so glad. Yes. First, I want to talk about 
Um, just a couple of things that I happened upon after the fact. Uh, one of them was because mm-hmm. I watched the um, the special features on the final DVD disc. Sure. Um, and also a couple uh-huh. of interviews that I read uh, regarding what the show would have possibly been. Which I thought was like, oh my god, this show would have totally been not not the one that we know and love. So... First off, Eric Kripke definitely didn't wanted to do one with uh, urban legends across the country. Oh, and, okay. Like, he no. did or did not? He did. He, he did. did. That, okay, was a, that was always part of the core substance of the show. Uh-huh. But his first turn at the, the pitch was, like, some guy, like an investigator, basically, or a detective that kind of just, like, went around and, and did it that way, almost like an investigative kind of show. Mm-hmm. And the networks are like, mm, we're not really interested in that. The ghosts and stuff sound cool, but not the There's way an it's... investigator, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of weird. Scrapped that. <laughs> then did a new pitch of, you know, brought in the brothers, Sam and Dean. However, both parents would have died either in the pilot or pre-pilot. You know, like it was, they had Their died backstory. because of, yeah. yeah. And Sam would have been living with an aunt I think. And then Dean would have come to get Sam to, like, hunt ghosts, but he would have had to give Sam the truth is out there talk. Like, Sam did not know that things existed. Oh, okay. Yeah. That still could work. Right. Um, And I think the networks were like, okay, that's that's all right, but maybe tighten it up a little bit. You know, it's closer, (laughs) but not there yet. Mm -hmm. And I believe that it was David Nutter, the guy who directed the pilot, Mm-hmm. Um, and also the second episode. A- apparently, he's just like a pilot guy. Like he's basically kind of like a script doctor and things sure. like that. He just knows how to direct pilots. How to like, make that's it, what yeah. he does. <laughs> but then he took it, and I think it was also Mick G, mm-hmm. um, one of the producers, right? Executive producer. Mm-hmm. Then they tightened it up to what it is now because they decided that's way too much exposition. Exposition to then have to. You know, bring Sam up to speed, and it was just a little bit too much. You know, it was yeah. that plus all the ghosts that they had to fight. Better to just jump in. Yeah. yeah. And it's already established that they know the world, and they've been doing this their whole life. And then right, they do right. the Route 66 the, the kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. The introduction of things they don't quite know about, but yeah. they should expect. Wow. So I just thought that was a really cool evolution of the creative it's, process. It's really cool to hear that like these these ideas don't come out fully baked, you know, yeah. that the idea is there and then they, you know, and it gets presented and no, we don't want this. And, yeah. Well, how about this? No, we still don't want this. And going back and even though your original idea would work, mm-hmm. you know, you still go back to the drawing board and try again and try again and try again. Yeah. And that it's an evolution and it's a collaboration. It's not just one person doing it it's like I have this idea let me bring in my friend who knows you know this more about something than I do and and so it becomes this collaborative piece and I love that Mm -hmm. in uh in college I got to work for a theater company that did mostly new works Mm -hmm. and a lot of the new works were actually created in the rehearsal process yeah yeah you know we had the idea for the show and then mm-hmm. we literally spitballed and created the show in the rehearsal process, which then became the show. That's not right. how things always work, but we had that opportunity. I'm so thankful to be able to yeah. see that creative process of what we think is going to work and what we fell in love with, but we end up having to cut because it doesn't end up flowing with the rest of the narrative, even though it was a fully monumental thing. Yeah. So I, I, I love that. I love the idea of knowing that Hollywood isn't perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and Eric Kipke didn't come up with this like perfect idea. Yeah. It it took what it was 10 a team years? effort. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 10 years to come up with something that finally got produced. Right. There and then there's also just a couple things that uh, that I missed that someone brought to my attention. Uh-huh. Um, from a couple of episodes. Um this guy's a really old friend of mine that we just occasionally check in with each other. Like, um He's not old, he's just uh, oh no from from a long time ago like we've known each other for a very long time okay. he, he's my age <laughs> so whether you consider that old i don't know but whatever um 
also one of the most intelligent people that I've ever met in my life. Um, yeah. So the fact that he's <laughs> watching this show and Lynn listening to us oh, my gosh, strikes me kind of funny, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the, he was talking about uh, listening to it on the lawnmower, and he's like, oh, yeah, I was shouting out a couple things that you missed. I was like, well, tell me. Like, lay it on me. What did we miss? And yeah. they're very... <laughs> Are they like, really obvious course, things that we missed? No. I don't oh, think okay. so. No, they're like something only he would pick up. <laughs> well, maybe. One of them was in uh, Hookman. Because um, you know, you knew that they were two different urban legends, right? There was the Hookman, like the hook on the car, and yep. then separately the one with the writing on the wall. I know what you did last summer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Or um, aren't you glad you didn't turn aren't on the Aren't you glad you didn't turn on the lights? Yeah. Yes. But I think we were struggling with like how are you know how are these connected? Why did they pull them together into one? Um, but he's just like they're both urban legends about like anti-sex, like stories about people having unlicensed sex and then being punished for it. Right. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, because the yeah. guy was being pushy with the girl. The roommate was yeah. kind of a party girl. You know, not pushing the yeah. Not pushing Didn't, sex, yeah. but just, you know, pushing, pushing sexy. inhibitions. Yeah. yeah. The preacher was having an affair with somebody. Mm-hmm. Very smart. He, but then this one. Yeah. yeah. But then this one that he noticed was in Wendigo. Um, mm-hmm. I said something about one of the kids in the tent reading like a really large book. Yeah. Right before yeah. they got caught. And he was like, from the brief description you gave, I recognized it as, well, he said the hero's journey. But when I looked it up, it was the hero with a thousand faces, but the hero's journey is in that because it's a compilation by Joseph Campbell, which is his biography. But its significance is that he studied under Carl Jung and spent his career breaking down myths and stories and created the idea that all stories share the same structure, which is what every modern writer has studied to create TV and movies. It's basically like the Bible that hero writers Of storytelling. Yeah. Wow. I know. <laughs> I was like, all right. What? Why am I even here? <laughs> well, no, it's just so funny because it totally contrasts, I hate to say this, but a lot of the fandom, a lot of yeah. the supernatural fandom is all about the the minuscule story points of love and sex and this and that. And they're not talking about the finer details uh-huh. of of what the writers did, of what the their story, even when I point out things like props, I'm like the horseshoe is is upside down instead of right side up, uh-huh. intentionally to show these things. The fact that that book that you recognized as something to to look into, that somebody else then listening to us talk about it, you know, made a bigger point about that's huge. Yeah, it's a detail that they did on purpose. The yeah. writers, the uh-huh. prop, the prop department. It was intentionally done but for how many people in the world to notice yeah you know just a handful of people yeah that's super cool I love I love that (laughs) I know (laughs) and then so then I was like well then do you know anything about the keys of Solomon because it was before we released our final episode he's like well I know about the lesser keys and then proceeds to send me like four (laughs) paragraphs about it (laughs) which I won't I will not read for you but Oh my gosh. So, uh <laughs> thank you Kenny so much for that. Oh my god. Um, his his new title that he requested was metaphysical consultant. <laughs> like a like a meta kind of guy or librarian. I could also call him librarian cuz he knows Dramaturg. every book in the universe, yeah. Awesome. Okay, so those were just the things that I wanted to throw out there before we get into the tracking minutia. Mhm. All right, so here is the season one monster list, monster of the day, if we will. Uh, so first, at the time, it's an unknown spirit, which kills uh, Mary Winchester and then later Jessica. Um, not killed, so... Uh, and then there's the <laughs> spirit, specifically the woman in white, and they kill her by bringing her back to the source of her torment, I guess you could say, or her murder. Yeah. Uh, back to the house that she had been avoiding, and then her children <laughs> drag her back to hell. <laughs> was it her murder? Because did she? She killed herself, didn't she? She did. What did I she say? Committed, you said Brad, I, me- Brad I meant her was... murder. I guess I meant her murders, like her okay, act, she act her of children. murdering okay. the children. Yeah, that's what okay. I meant. 
In Wendigo, the spear was a Wendigo. <laughs> <laughs> its target are the loose campers somewhere every so often. Killed by fire, specifically Molotov cocktail, I think, right? Flare gun. A flare gun, that's right. Flare gun. They prep a Molotov cocktail, I think, and then yes. it gets destroyed. That's it right. Becomes. Dead in the water is a spirit, specifically a murdered boy. They talk about salt and burning him, but there is nothing to salt and burn, so then the spirit is subdued by the sacrifice of its murderer. Phantom Traveler is a demon, first known appearance of a demon. Black smoke demon. Yes. <laughs> Uh, black, well, black. It wasn't even really smoke. It was like a beady, smudge, <laughs> beady thing. Demon, a demon of plane crashes, specifically. I think is what they deemed it as. Like it was a yeah. demon of not a natural disaster, but a twenty first century disaster. <laughs> that is pretty accurate. Yeah, killed by exorcism in Bloody Mary. It's Bloody Mary. <laughs> aptly named uh, her victims are like secret keepers her demise is brought on by breaking the origin like her mirror with her in it and then further by a reflection of herself yeah the truth cast back upon her yeah 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 in skin the monster is a <sighs> shapeshifter killed by a silver bullet and I would say that was kind of, yeah, I think that was kind of the first one that it was just like, this is the remedy to this kind of monster. You know, right. like the other ones were just kind of guessing, you know, like, oh, yep. maybe we do this. I don't know. <laughs> this one was, oh, we know how to kill this. It's with the silver bullet. Right. Hookman. Monster was Hookman. <laughs> Going after immoral people. And here's the first one. The salt and burn, a phys- an actual salt and burning of the remnants of his hook. Because his hook was as we know, melted down into various things, and they just had to salt and burn all of the silver. In This is going to be so easy, because all of these one word. <laughs> in Bugs, the monster was Bugs. <laughs> <laughs> Caused by a curse. The remedy was just to A, get, get out, out of the way, way or, <laughs> or B, just wait it out for the, you know, the 20-minute nighttime <laughs> that it ended up being. Right, the, the one day. No, maybe it was of six minutes. It was six minutes from midnight to sunrise, technically, in the show. Stupid. <laughs> All right. <laughs> How do you feel about that, Sammy? <laughs> in Home, the monster was poltergeist. Yes. It was destroyed by the spirit of mom sacrificing herself after they failed. Um, by putting hex bags in the uh, in the walls of the house. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. In Asylum, the monster was a spirit, specifically the head psych doctor, who was crazy. <laughs> and again, they destroyed him by salting and burning his corpse. Remains, yes. Scarecrow, the monster is a scarecrow. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stop laughing, but it's still pretty funny. <laughs> he was killed by burning his origin tree. In Faith, the uh, it's, no, this one was tricky because technically the, the quote-unquote monster was a reaper or the supernatural thing was a reaper. But really the monster was um, the oh, preacher's wife yeah, who had him in a bind. Yeah. And the bond was broken by breaking his the, – the, the amulet with yeah, – Thing with, with blood in it. Blood in it, and, yeah. Mm-hmm, and then the reaper destroyed her. Yes. Route 66 was a racist truck. Uh, <laughs> racist phantom truck. Right. Racist truck spirit. Uh, killed by leading it onto hollowed ground. In Nightmare, again, tricky because there wasn't really a monster, but the supernatural thing was, was Max, who was human. And he met his unfortunate end by suicide. Yeah. That was sad. It was sad yeah. because they didn't want to kill him. That was not the, the goal of that episode. Right. In The Benders, the monsters were humans. <laughs> really <sighs> fucked up kind of humans. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Who deserved everything they got. Yep. They were either shot or captured. Daddy. 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 In Shadow, the monsters were Devas, who were the Shadow Demons, and Meg. Because mm. Meg was the one who... Was controlling, controlling them. them. Yep. Um, and they didn't kill those. <laughs> they just got out of the way. <laughs> they did not. 
Hell House, the monster was a tulpa, which is uh, basically a made-up spirit, you know, that people kind of believed into reality. Existence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they killed him, maybe, by burning the house? Question mark? Question mark? Yeah, we don't, we don't really know. No, we have gone no for now. his demise. Yeah, exactly. Right. Something Wicked, a striga who uh, feeds off of children, killed with wrought iron bullets while feeding. Very specific way <laughs> to kill his Very monkey. limited time frame for, uh, yes. for destruction there. Provenance was a spirit, specifically one that came out of a painting uh, of a demonic child. <laughs> they destroyed her by salt and burning her hair that was on the doll in the mausoleum. Dead man's blood, vampires, killed by decapitation, or the cult. Right. Right. Forgot about mm. that. Salvation and in Devil's Trap, we have Meg slash other various demons um, mm -hmm. killed by or gotten rid of through exorcism mm -hmm. or the cult. Or the cult. And that that is a season one glossary of monsters. Of monsters. Wow. Uh, and what's what I love is each monster, even if it was a cut and dry, like you need to kill them by cutting off their heads, mm -hmm. they don't, A, Sam and Dean don't always automatically know that. They have to, part of their journey is to figure out how to kill them or what it is so that they can look up in the book how to kill them. Yeah. You know, so none of this comes easily to them. And if it does come easily, they've done something wrong. And they're like, wait a right. second. Yeah. That was too easy. Yeah. A nice variety of monsters, though, in this first season. A few repeats, which isn't a bad thing. You know, it's not mm -hmm. 22 different things. Right. Um, but it's also not just five different things spread out right. through 22 episodes. So, Right. And and they don't always succeed. Like, right. they don't, there isn't, an, there isn't always an end, a termination to the, whatever the monster is. Sometimes there's right. just an end to the journey of the people who are affected yeah. by the monster. Yeah. Um, so that I always, I thought that was interesting too, that it's not a cut and dry, you know, the heroes win every time. I mm -hmm. love it when the heroes win, um, but at least it makes them fallible. You know, I mean, granted they, they get beaten up almost in every episode by whatever it is they're trying to, um, chase down, but in the end, sometimes they win and sometimes they don't. And I, right. and I like that. Well, since there was that many monsters, mm -hmm. um, there was almost twice as many personas and personalities that Dean and Sam have had to um, <laughs> uh, disguise themselves as in order to get through uh, the stories of mm -hmm. the monsters. And I will do exactly what you did. I'm just going to read them faster because <laughs> for every monster, there's like three personas that Dean and Sam uh, yeah. would, would put on. In the pilot episode... <laughs> So I, I am including things like stolen credit cards, just so you know. Okay. They there's a the name Hector Aframian on a credit card that they use. <laughs> Clearly, neither of them are Hectors. Um, Dean calls himself Ted Nugent. They both call themselves Dean and Sam. Present themselves as U.S. Marshals, but they're not in disguise. They're not in a uniform. They just call themselves U.S. Marshals, and oddly enough, they are believable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in the pilot episode i mean one of the cops says aren't you a little young yeah. <laughs> and they're like yes thank you thank you for noticing um they also in that same episode present themselves as one of the killed boy's uncles um troy is the mm -hmm. guy who gets <laughs> eaten <laughs> in his cabriolet and they present themselves as his uncle um and at one point sam represents himself as a reporter mm -hmm. uh to the to the husband of the of the white woman the woman right right so in that episode alone there's five different Jesus. personas right okay so wendigo this gets easier um they present themselves as park rangers uh and environmental studies majors <laughs> <laughs> so neither of which are very convincing in dead in the water they represent themselves as u.s wildlife service agents um but mm -hmm. they represent themselves as agents ford and hamill little <laughs> star uh, wars yes Shout out. Um, Phantom Traveler, uh, Dean calls himself Dr. James Hetfield from Metallica. Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, but they are also um, Homeland Security agents. And this is when they uh, don their first 
disguises their first yes. suits it's like their blues yes. brother suits so this is the first time we see them in a disguise that's not just a badge and not just themselves yeah um and they look terribly awkward in their new <laughs> oh man uh security agent suits so moving on to bloody mary um they disguise themselves or they call themselves medical students from ohio state mm-hmm. uh and then later on they are reporters again no no specific uniforms or costumes for that uh in skin Dean uh, is presented as a policeman, but then he uh, he he um, clarifies that as a, I'm a detective, <laughs> um, which is then called bullshit on later. <laughs> uh, in Hookman, um, they're fraternity brothers um, or oh transfers god, yeah. to the university. Oh my god, that's right! They were in the frat house painting <laughs> that guy purple. Merv, Merv, yes. <laughs> oh my god. Um, in Bugs, they um, they say that they're nephews of one of the guys who died in the pit of Bugs. Mm-hmm. Um, they also present themselves as prospective home buyers, and everybody yes. presumes that they're a gay couple. Yes, uh, <laughs> and which the first like, no, no, of no. many. <laughs> yes, yeah, so like no, no, it, uh, we're we're looking for my dad. Our father is looking for a house to buy. Um, they also say that they are students of an, of an anthropology 101 class at the university, mm-hmm. uh, trying to get information out of that professor. Um, they then try to use that same, quote, disguise again with a, a tribal uh, spokesperson who calls bullshit yes. on their lie. Uh, and then they also uh, fleetingly try to tell somebody that they're from the gas company. That's not really yeah. a disguise. It was just something that they said on the phone, trying to get somebody out of the house right. the, with mm-hmm. the gas company. So. Okay. Home. You're only on episode eight. (laughs) I know. I told you there's so many compared to the number of monsters. In in home, Dean tries to um, tell the woman who lives in their childhood home. He starts out by saying we're federal agents, but Sam cuts him off and says, no, we're actually, we used to live here. Yeah. You know, and so they go with the truth in that, in that um, episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but then later they do say that they're cops. I think that, oh, they were talking to. Um, oh, the dad's John's friend mechanic. in the mechanic shop. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. That's right. Exactly. In Asylum, <laughs> this is again, a random thing that, that uh, Dean says, he calls himself Nigel Tufnell, who is the, who is from Spinal, this is Spinal Tap. Mm-hmm. Um uh, but he's line, he's Nigel Tuff now from the Chicago, Chicago Tribune. So he calls himself a reporter. He's actually the name of someone from This Is Spinal Tap. Uh, Scarecrow, another um, celebrity name that Dean calls himself, John Bonham from Led Zeppelin. But he totally mm-hmm. gets called out yes. on it by the um, the pie shop owner um, yeah. or the drugstore owner. who's like, yeah. isn't that the drummer from <laughs> Led Zeppelin? Uh, in Faith. Now this I didn't know. This I didn't know in faith. Dean's credit card is um, David Berkowitz. Well, when he's paying for, I'm sorry, it's when Sam is paying for Dean's hospital stay. The credit card he hands over. Oh, yeah, over, yeah, yeah. The, the name on Berkowitz. the credit card is is David Berkowitz. Oh, David. Mm-hmm. David Berkowitz. Do you know who that is? I didn't know who Mm-mm. this was. Mm-mm. The son of Sam, serial killer. <gasps> the guy who said that he listened to his 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 neighbor's dog telling uh-huh. him to murder people. Oh my god. That was the son of Sam. Yeah, that's the name on the credit card that Sam used to pay for Dean's hospital bill. Um, I had no idea. The next episode is Route 666. Their big disguise is that they're insurance investigators, <laughs> insurance agents investigating a a, a client. Uh, yeah. Um that was their big disguise. Um nightmare um, this is <laughs> one of my favorite disguises. This was my favorite disguise as well. Yep, I was going to ask you. That was going to be one of my questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Father Simmons and Father Freddy. So they're <laughs> <laughs> they're from the band Kiss, but they're dressed as priests, and Priest. they are in priest costumes, and yep. I loved it. In that same episode, um, I think Dean uh, Sam calls himself Detective Detective McCready um, from the Michigan State Police. Uh, he's not in costume. I think he just mm-hmm. calls. He's just he's calling on the phone for information, and he uses that name to get. Oh, that's right. Yes, vendors. They're dressed as um, state sheriffs, so they're in like full blown sheriff outfits with the hats, with the coats, and uh, Dean goes so far as to. <laughs> 
go in disguise as Officer Gregory Washington, who turns out to be an overweight black man. <laughs> and Dean gets like busted that way that he just mm-hmm. he chose the wrong, <laughs> the wrong fake ID to use. In a shadow, they are PF alarm company employees and they even yeah. have their mm-hmm. own names, Dean and Sam, stitched on the front of their little coveralls. So that's like another full mm-hmm. costume yes. that they're wearing. And they both comment on how much they don't like these costumes because they're like high school play quality yeah. costumes. Hell House, um, they, oh God, Dean says that they're like Hollywood producers or Hollywood scouts looking for special talent in the bar. Um, <laughs> and then later they, uh, they say that they're reporters from the Dallas Morning News. So no costumes involved there, just mm-hmm. fake identities. Something Wicked, okay, the funny, the funny part about Something Wicked is Sam is his idea is Dr. Jerry Kaplan, but it's Dr. Jerry Kaplan, bikini inspector. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and while they're not in like disguise, they are in like very university professorous, profess- professorial looking suits, like, you know, elbow patches mm. on the, sl- you know, on their suits. And I have to back up for a second. In Hell House, it wasn't that they were Hollywood scouts. They didn't say they were Hollywood scouts. They said they were Hollywood producers in order to get the ghost facer guys oh, yeah. to leave town. Yeah. So that's what that was. Well, they, they were, were Hollywood they were Hollywood scouts in the previous episode to the ladies in the, in the bar. In Providence. Yeah. So oh in no, in uh is it? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. you're right. You're right. As you're Dean right. being the, the the like really skeezy. He's got so many. He's got so many horn dog things going on. <laughs> it's hard to keep track. Um, so moving on to again, Providence. They are L.A. TV scouts looking for people with special skills. That was Dean at the bar being a horn dog. Um, they also try to pull off being art dealers uh, with Connors Limited. And luckily for Sam, he actually studied art history, so he could actually kind of bullshit his way through that situation where Dean was completely in over his head. Not, no art education. No, nope, just, just <laughs> keeping himself occupied by the uh, snacks. The, the, yeah, the snacks. The, what do you call them? The, the, the things they pass around? Hors d'oeuvres? A yeah, moose bouches? Like maybe a moose bouches. There's like a mini a, quiches? When I used to serve, like, serve events and stuff, there's like a name for that kind of thing oh okay. and i just know that the, that's a nice I, it's a nice word and, and moose i know that the woman was like can i get you another mini quiche mm-hmm, <laughs> and he's mm-hmm. like nah this is good dean eating talking with his mouth full um so salvation individually they're different officers getting information like getting access to medical information in the yes. hospitals uh somewhat they did have some medical id badges but i couldn't see what they were or what kind right. of medical id badges so yeah. and again no costumes just you know, badges and saying that they were these yes. people. Uh, and finally, in Devil's Trap, the big disguise is firefighters. They are in yes. full-blown firefighter regale, masks, tanks, you know, the full the full thing. So that's all I had for personas. Oh, that's it? <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that was it. Um, I wanted to ask you real quick, did you have a favorite persona? I know the it, priest definitely absolutely. the priest that's that's what I did a big circle and a star I was like the best entrance the best like lead in to what their characters were <laughs> yep definitely my favorite disguise was was the priest that and the names I mean the names were, were perfect yeah so yeah that love that I think they did I'm glad they didn't go full-blown like every time they were an alias or a persona they didn't go full-blown costume you know, they didn't right. turn it it's, into that kind it was, of show. It was sprinkled in here and there. Yeah. yeah. So when they did have to wear a disguise, it was either so outrageous or yeah. it was so perfect uh-huh. that, you know, it made sense. All right. So we've done monsters. We've done personas. Oh, I totally forgot to ask you, like, what your favorite monster was. Oh, <sighs> my favorite monster. Well, it's funny. I thought about this. And I, it's, I'm going to tell you the monster, but it's also my favorite episode. Okay. And I think that's why it's my favorite monster. Uh-huh. Um, Dead in the Water mm. was my favorite episode. You don't see the monster, you know, until like the end. You just know that there's something malevolent there. 
And so the scariness and the spookiness is based on like, what is it? What is it? What is it? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then it turns out that it's, it's a, you know, the ghost of a child, but it's not an evil child. It's a child who was, you know, wrongly murdered. So right. you can't fault the, the monster for it being a monster, you mm-hmm. know? And as far as we know, it was placated by the self-sacrifice of the man who actually murdered the child that made it the evil ghost that it was. Um, so I'm going to say that it also, it highlighted the heroes. I, I don't know if you know, but I'm big on heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that both Sam and Dean shown as he, as individual heroes in that episode in different moments. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't because they killed the monster. You know, it's because they rescued the, you know, the damsel in distress, they rescued the child in distress. Um, mm-hmm. And so for some reason, plus the special guest stars on that episode. So right. because of how much I really enjoyed that episode, it makes me really, really like that monster and how they represented that monster. So there you go. Dead in the Water, the dead child, ghost child was my favorite. How about you? I have a, kind of a dual answer because my favorite monster was probably the scarecrow just because I... I oh. I really liked the creativity that went into that monster. You know, it was like this, what was it, like a Viking god or something like that, that they turned yeah, into like an Nordic. Americana. Yeah, was... thing. yeah Nordic, right. Um, yes, yeah. But then they turned it into something, you know, that's in a farm, you know, <laughs> or that's like up to date. <laughs> I just thought that was really unique. It was right. a, my favorite twist that they did with like a, an urban legend or a scary thing. But my favorite episode, and I did also like this twist, was Faith. Because that was really the episode that it started to stop being so much like, oh, kill the monster, move on, kill the monster, move on, kill the monster, move on. Mm-hmm. They really had to kind of take an introspective look like look at themselves and at their actions and say, is what we're doing right? You know, like this creates a conundrum, this whole situation. Right. Consequences because, to our actions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know, this Roy, who at first you thought was the bad guy, you know, uh, controlling the Reaper or right. bringing the Reaper onto other people was not the actual person. You know, right. he just thought he was doing, doing God's literally work. God's work. <laughs> yeah, like in a good way, as opposed to like what we all think of like tent revival, you know, people right. are just hucksters and stuff like that. Yeah. He actually wasn't. Yeah. So there was all this kind of um, like, like this discussion about like morality and like who are we to say who can live and who dies? You know, it wasn't just so cut and dry like it was yeah. in the previous ones. But I also just, I loved the Reaper, the look of the Reaper. Yes. Yes. I loved oh, that. Yeah, because I, I did too. I did too. He wasn't overblown. It was a new type of creature and it made sense. Yeah. Like it, it wasn't one of those, oh, uh, okay. I mean, say, talk about stupid Rawhead. You know, Rawhead was just this weird, ugly monster thing, you know, which right. again, it wasn't the, wasn't the monster of the week. It was just a, you know, Add on. Just a blip. It was like five seconds, you know. Right. But still, I'm glad they didn't make that type of monster into a monster of the week. Whereas the Reaper was like, oh, I could actually see this happening. Yeah. And again, a really cool twist on something that has been burned into our brains forever. You know, it's like the cloak and the, you know, the side skeleton, the side. Yeah. So here was just like this, the, the oldest thing on earth in a nice suit. You know, <laughs> <laughs> very well dressed, yeah. very bespoke. <laughs> yes, a, be- a bespoke reaper. I love that. Uh, yeah, two. That was actually Faith was going to be one of my favorite episodes. Um, in in general, as an overall favorite, yeah. not just because of one thing. Uh-huh. Um, because again, I loved the guest star. I loved the story. I yes. love the human the humanity that Mm -hmm. dean is faced with that sam sees you know they're they're you know they're growing as individuals with each like episode well not with each because there's definitely regressions but um so i really but i was more in the end for me it was it was dead in the water and same thing with the you know the the makeup and the actualization of of the ghost child in the lake Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it was definitely stolen image from you know the japanese horror movies 
but it was well done. You know, she wasn't this overblown. It was just enough creep factor and you saw just enough of it to be scary and ominous and lethal. Yeah. So. No, Dead in the Water was definitely in my top five. So. Good. Okay, good. Yay. Yay. Okay. So what's next? Uh, We can either do a quick map quest rundown, which should be super easy. uh, Or we can talk about um, uh, outstanding props um, slash costumes, uh, if you like. Okay, yeah, let's do the maps, the map quest stuff first, and okay. then we can do the props. Okay. Basically, in order of appearance on the mm-hmm. map, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm just gonna read down um, all the places they've been. All right, ready? Yes. <laughs> Lawrence, Kansas. Um, Jericho, California, Stanford, California, Palo Alto, California, Blackwater Ridge, somewhere that's fictional, uh, Lake Manitowoc, Wisconsin, which is fictional, um, Nazareth, Pennsylvania, Toledo, Ohio, Fitch, uh, nope, Valerie, Fort Wayne, Indiana, St. Louis, Missouri, um, Ankeri, uh, Iowa, Sepulpa, Oklahoma, Rockfield, Illinois, Burkittsville, Indiana, which is spelled differently if you actually go there. Um, somewhere in Nebraska, <laughs> there was one Chiron, Chiron that was just like Nebraska. Yeah. Um, uh, Cape Girardeau, uh, Missouri, Saginaw, Michigan, Hibbery, Minnesota, Chicago, Illinois, Richardson, Texas, Fitchburg, Wisconsin, shout out to my family, uh, New Paltz, New York, Manning, Colorado, which is fictional, Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, Blue Earth, Minnesota, which I thought was fictional, which is not. Um, Jefferson City, Missouri, and Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So in the grand scheme of things, only like three or four fictional places, um, which still makes me ask You missed why. Salvation, Iowa. Oh, Salvation, it's because I can't read my handwriting. <laughs> yeah, it's because I can't read. Because that one is fictional. And I wrote that. I just didn't read it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sammy, you can call me back next week and say, you know what you missed? Salvation Iowa. <laughs> but again, I want to ask why? I mean, I never found name... that answer. Yeah, I did I like try and look up like why it, it was like a hard thing to ask Google. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> dear Google. Right. I, I never, I never found out. Salvation Iowa, I can understand because they definitely needed a, an appropriate name. Sure. Um, but no, the other ones, I just don't. I don't know. And, but also, I didn't hear, you said Sepulpa, Oklahoma for bugs, mm-hmm. but there's another place in Oklahoma that it takes the place mostly in, but that was fake, whatever it was. So it's the the town that, that the housing district is in, but not where the Native Americans were that they were talking to. Yeah. Because they go to Sepulpa to find the answers. Yeah. And I didn't write down the name of the town. Okay. I have it. Hold I on. I suck. I just, I remember, that one sticks in my brain just because I've lived in Oklahoma. So they also, they talk about Atoka. I think I have that written down here for some reason. And Oasis Plains was the not Oasis real place. Oasis Plains, that's right. And I think, I think I didn't write that down because I thought it was the name of the housing development as opposed to the town that they were in. Right. So that's my, why I didn't write that down. Right. Okay. Wow. Strike two, Valerie. No, Oasis, I just like found this note. Oasis Plains, because that was a Chiron underneath that said Oasis Plains, Oklahoma, is near Atoka Valley. Atoka Valley was not like technically a real name, but Atoka was real. Okay. Um, and it was also farther away than they said it was from the <laughs> fake, or the Sepulpa or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> See, be thankful that we didn't actually map quest the miles. Oh my so, gosh. And we couldn't because we never knew what town they actually were starting right, in. So. Right, right. I mean, starting in and also the also, also the fake towns, you know, like where would they have been in the right. state, you know? <laughs> <laughs> map quest that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to tell you what stuff I thought would be standout props. Sure. Uh and you can Agree or disagree? So dad's journal, number yeah. one for this season, I would yeah. say. It was like their encyclopedia of of monsters and of mm-hmm. 
how to kill said monsters, you know, to, to help in, uh, augment their, their limited knowledge at this point. Yeah. They did, they do have a hunter's knowledge, but dad's journal has more, um, and help them out a lot. Um, yeah. the Impala, not technically a prop, but I would say 100% important piece of scenery. Um, right. You know, and the, and of course the license plate on the Impala became a big thing with, you know, Kansas city year, you know, 2005, mm-hmm. um, the, uh, the, the EMF meter, the first one is Walkman <laughs> EMF meter, which to me will always be the EMF meter. Um, and then the, his updated EMF detector, which was a little bit more yeah. modern looking. It was used a number of times, not every time, but it was used at least three or four times in the season to indicate I have just, or not. just from, yeah, just from memory, I have, well, its first appearance was in Phantom Traveler. Mm-hmm. Um, they definitely used it in Home. In, in Nightmare, in Nightmare, they brought it out, but it wasn't picking up anything. And also in Hell House, they brought it out, but the, the, the ca- antenna the thing, thing yeah, yeah. It was, was fucking with it. Yeah. And he used it in Scarecrow. That's how he knew when to pull off the road at the orchard. Oh, that's his right. EMF detector mm-hmm. was was going nuts in the back seat. Yes, and I'm sure there are more times. Those were just the ones that I specifically remember. Yeah, and in yeah. Asylum, I think they used it too, but I I think maybe it also they... was not working correctly. Yeah, I remember yeah, they had they... a video camera that they were like catching orbs in or something. Right, like right. That. They, and there yeah. was the one and only time they ever talked about orbs. <laughs> mentioned about orbs, and they were like, "Let's not do that again." Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, and I'm sure we're going to see the EMF detector again. It's a simple prop, um, it, but it's it's an indicator of supernatural. So I think yes. we're going to see it again and again. Dan's uh, zip, uh, Dan's, Dean's, <laughs> good old Dan, you know, <laughs> Dean's Zippo lighter, uh, which he uses to oh, salt yeah. and burn. Uh-huh. And he's, you know, Mr. Poop Poop, you know, he's super yep. quick with it. It's so it kind of is like his Mr. Cool thing we didn't see it a lot but anytime something was salt and burned it was with, it was his, with the zippo mm-hmm. with the zippo the cult obviously is right. a prop to be reckoned with yes um that was only in the last three episodes right but right but still it, it made such a i mean it's it's what drove those episodes mm-hmm. was the uh, mm-hmm. the cult this is little um but it's something to take note of um bobby's flask he, you know, he introduces the boys to traveling with holy water in a flask, but yeah. then also being basically a functional alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it wasn't huge in the season because we didn't meet Bobby until the end, but yeah. they made a point of any time after they met Bobby, there was a flask in use. You know, yeah. they used the flask to sprinkle holy water on dad to see if dad was possessed, you know, so it, yes, it, that's, definitely, it that's definitely for something for the future to look yeah. out for. Yeah. Um, and then it, this is just in, well, I said machetes, but that there's, that's just in general. Machetes become yeah. a thing. Yeah. Um, that's just part of the weapons in their trunk. Like the Impala's trunk, even though it's not a prop, the trunk itself is mm-hmm. uh, just like the Impala. It's so important to the, to the boy's survival. Yeah. The last thing I'll say about props that I thought would be things to keep an eye on or things that meant something was the number of cell phones, the number of flip phones um, that they are so important because it's how do they keep touch with each other? Um, How is like dad's not picking up his phone. Dean's not picking up, you know, Sam, Sam, Dean's called me four times. Something must be wrong. He's not picking up. Something must be wrong. So the cell phones for me, I wrote flip phones, but the cell phones are, I think a huge prop because when the boys don't have their flip phones, something's wrong. Yeah. I see what you mean. Mm -hmm. So that's all I wrote for notable props. Did you have anything? I literally just wrote down dad's journal and EMF. (laughs) Great. Which are, which are definitely two of the biggest yeah. The biggest thing. Yeah. And um, I probably would have thought of the Impala, but it's just so it's, obvious. It's just like, well, I mean, yeah, the Impala. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, especially given that in the final episode of season one, it's obliterated by a semi-truck, uh, which was heartbreaking. Yeah. I had a couple of wardrobe notes. Okay. Um, n- nothing major, but my general take on the wardrobe uh, in general is that there were, 
different characters had different accent pieces that helped um, point out storylines. It wasn't in every episode, but when they did make a point to draw your attention uh, to like um, Missouri's feng shui necklace and yeah. to uh, in Faith, um, I've forgotten the actress's name, but the character, the, the woman who has the brain tumor, mm-hmm. um, you know, she had a saint's medal on and it was the saint mm-hmm. of cancer you know yeah. just little things like that that when wardrobe can they would impact um the plot line you know mm-hmm. in scarecrow the uh the one of the, the, the guys who was an implementer of keeping the the ring yeah his ring matched the the nordic runes of the ring of the tree mm-hmm. that yeah. was the power of the scarecrow i mean just the little things like that that again in the general watching of an episode it's not going to make a difference. But for me, yeah. if I zoomed in on it, I was like, oh my gosh, that means so much. I mean, it just yeah. ties certain, you know, plot points together. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, and just in general, the boys that the, in season one, the the general look of the boys is, you know, flannels and jeans and, you know, mm-hmm. you know, old leather Those jackets. Yeah. yeah. Not dirty, not unkempt, just no, well-worn but, and yeah. rugged and ready yeah. for basically anything. They could, mm-hmm. they could, eat where they needed to eat, not worry about dress codes. If they needed something like a priest costume, they, you know, they can wear a priest costume. But their general look is just everyday, rugged, ready to go, Mm -hmm. you know, wear. And I really appreciated that. They never looked dirty unless, you know, Dean jumped off a bridge into the mud. And yeah. Yeah. And I mean, later we can talk about, um, you know, Dean's, you know, Samulet and Mm -hmm. that's not part of, it's not part of season one. No. Um, no, just in, just you, in just in skin when it was definitely uh, a, how you, a, tra- a tracking device to denote Skinwalker Dean from real, real Dean. Dean. Yeah, yeah. But it's I mean, who who would think to look for that? That's that's what I love yeah. is yeah. somebody took the time to make it important, mm-hmm. um, and it worked. If the designers and the artists and the writers took the time to make those little details those little point those details a point yeah we should be looking for them um so i had a uh a question for you we haven't talked about and i don't know if we will um guest stars on the show Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um do you have a favorite guest appearance whether it's the actress or actor themselves or the character that they played um i have a list of four in which Ooh. they are both the same, you know. Uh, I loved them as the act, actor, actress, and mm-hmm. their character. And the character, okay. Um, which is Amy Ackers from Dead in the Water. Uh, Julie <laughs> Benz, yeah, I, I did see you. <laughs> Julie Benz from Faith. Uh, th- th- both of those, obviously, we're just like, oh my god, this is from the Buffy verse, you know. It was a cool little shout out. Loretta yeah. Devine as Missouri Mosley. Yes. I particularly loved Missouri Mosley. There was just something about her that was just comforted by her. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then, of course, Jim Beaver, which I can count as a guest star in this particular season. Right. Right. Okay. I wrote down one character. Okay. Um, and I thought about it. But it's because I remember in the moment feeling that I really connected to this person. Mm-hmm. And it was the, um, it was Officer Kathleen from the Benders. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She was really, yes. Uh, and I think I really, really liked her because she wasn't a love interest. She wasn't mm-hmm. a potential love interest. She was a strong character who also supported the heroes. You know, she could have flipped them the other way. She could have been the thorn in their side, mm-hmm. um, but she didn't. She believed in the boys. Yeah. You know, and not because she knew that they were the Winchesters, you know? Yeah. Um, and she was strong and thoughtful and she had her own backstory. She had her own reason for doing the things she was doing. And she also, you know, she made some questionable decisions, you know, one of which got them captured <laughs> yeah. you know? um but but in the end she was just she was just her own person and I really I loved the way she was portrayed yeah and she was strong but she wasn't like over the top like overcompensating for being a woman in it you know in a cop's mm-hmm, position mm-hmm, she was just mm-hmm. a she was just a good female character so that was my 
my favorite guest star. I mean, and Jim Beaver, I, I wanted to say him, but I'm glad you did because I was like, <laughs> yes, we know right now he's a, he's a guest star. Um, and honestly, in this episode, he isn't the, the Bobby that we know him to be. No, I mean, he's, no. He's and, got a glimmer. Of right. It. And he was intended at this, at that point in time. And in that episode, he to was intended be to be a guest star. Yeah. 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 So I would say in this, ep- in that episode and in that element, Bobby, not my biggest standout. Mm. I, knowing Bobby, mm-hmm, seeing Bobby mm-hmm. is, it definitely made my heart beat like, yay, it's mm-hmm. Bobby. Mm-hmm. If I was watching it for the first time, I wouldn't have known to be like, yay, it's Bobby. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like watching Kathleen uh, or Officer Kathleen, I was like, I, I'm drawn to this character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, the Amy Acker character was, was perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, she was perfect with, I mean, she was, as far as like scary movie actresses go, Yeah, she was perfect. <laughs> you know, yeah. she was, she played terror very well. She also was the, you know, the loving mom, mm-hmm. um, kind of the, the sexy mom at the same time, but not yeah. trying to be sexy mom. Um, yeah. yeah, I thought she was maybe not my favorite guest character mm-hmm. um, out of this list, my short little list. Um, yeah. But still, all of these people had more well-rounded characters than than most of the season. I feel maybe that's just because I liked the act the actresses, but like Loretta Devine, I didn't know who she was when I first saw her as Missouri Mosley. Right. You know, I but just, you loved her as Missouri Mosley. Yes, she picks. Right. She sticks in my mind. Like she's been yep. there forever since the very first time that I saw her as this character. I was just like, oh my god, this woman. <laughs> yes, that, that's exactly how I felt too. I was like instant yeah. connection, instant yeah. like I want to watch this. Yeah. I want to see what she does. Yeah, yeah. That's what I have. Yeah, that's what for, I have too. For season one. And no, I liked no. the season. I want to watch the next season. There's definitely yep. moments where I was like, enough already with the dad story, yeah. you know? Um, but I'm not a guy. I didn't grow up with a brother, you know, with only a brother and, you know, daddy issues, you know? So right. I don't know how real this struggle actually is. Right. Um, so for me to be like, get over it, you know, communicate yeah, yeah. better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just tell them how you feel. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I, 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 I want to say that I understand. I just know that it's not my story. Um, right. But there's definitely moments of me saying, God, get over yourselves. Uh-huh. Um, but at the same time, like I've said, I just want them to always get along. Yeah. Um, so when they don't, it's like, I don't like it when yeah. everybody fights. Yeah. But that's, that's their journey. That's, yeah. that's what their journey is. Should we wrap up the wrap up? We shall. All right. Well, that's it for season one. Officially. I can't believe it. Oh my gosh. We did it. Season one. I'm so excited. In the books. Yes. Wow. Boom. Close that book. Can't wait to Good pull job. out my my new shiny new DVD set of season two. <laughs> <laughs> I get to I get to start a whole new notebook. <laughs> I so I have. Do I have room? I might be able to squeeze another season in this notebook. Oh, I'm gonna make, I'm I can, gonna make it work. No, I have I have six pages left in this notebook, <laughs> so I am not even gonna. So yay, Sammy! This was great. I had a good time. I hope everyone had I a good time too. listening. Yes, um, agreed. I'm glad I'm rewatching it. It's great writing. It's you know, it's it's good fun. Yeah. So it's fun. Yeah, that's what it is. It's not like um a, a beautiful piece surgery. of cinema, right? Exactly. <laughs> but it has its moments. You know, totally. it has some. It has some really cool cinematography. It's got mm-hmm. some breakout. You know, CGI sometimes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, no, I know when I like when I'm browsing on Twitter sometimes and just every now and then a, a random tweet will come up that just says, man, early seasons of Supernatural, the camera work and the lighting or the what have you is just amazing. It's yeah, yeah it really yeah. is. It's standout. Thank you everyone so much for joining us on the season one journey. Thank you again for uh, the 1000 downloads that we hit last time. Again, I know I've said it a million times. I'm sorry, but we won't have any new content for a little while while we're working or traveling um, and also just kind of building up a little bit of a l- buffer again <laughs> <on the> library. <laughs> we're coming back. We just got to actually yes. 
do the comeback. <laughs> yes, exactly. So not sure when that's going to be, but it won't be very long. So while we are building up our season two content, please uh, subscribe, like, follow, rate, um, anywhere that you find podcasts or that allow ratings for podcasts. It's a huge help if you do. And thank you to those who already have. Um, makes us feel real warm, fuzzy inside when we read those good things. <laughs> Uh, so we will see you sometime in the near future. Again, we will totally tell you when that's going to happen on all of the social media channels. We are at, at Salt and Burn This Pod on Facebook and Instagram and at Salt and Burn This on Twitter. And we will see you soon for season two. Bye. Bye. Bye.